Good morning. Merry Christmas and happy birthday. <laughs> For those of you who have a birthday today, I know this is not Jesus' literal birthday, wherever Katrina's at. <laughs> Let's go ahead and stand. said to me yesterday, I'm glad that church fell on Christmas. She said, now I get to see Nadia and all of the church people. Normally on a holiday, we don't get to see each other. So it's nice to see everybody on this beautiful, cold Christmas morning. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. I know it's a sacrifice to, to come on a holiday, or maybe it's not a sacrifice. Maybe it's a joyous occasion for you to get to come. But we're so glad for everybody that's joined us today. And we're just going to spend some time and worship the Lord and celebrate our Savior's birth. God, thank you for today. Thank you for just sending your son to this world. Um, we know it's not your literal birthday, but we also know that today's the day that we celebrate that and just honor you and just thank you for the blessing and the gift that is your son, Jesus. You made the way for us to be able to come back into just communion and fellowship with our Father, and we're so thankful for that. And so we just celebrate you today, Jesus, and just say thank you. We honor you with our, our worship, our songs, and just everything that's said and done here today. Have your way, Jesus. Amen. I'm sorry. My body's not functioning right because it's cold, and I forgot to put these things in so I can hear. <laughs> Here we go.
started asking him yesterday, what would you have for me to do during transition today? So I'm going to keep it lighthearted, I think. You know me, I'm going to try. But anyway, the word, uh, oh no, I forgot it again. The only word that's coming to my mind is recollect, and that's too hillbilly. I know that's not it. <laughs> reflect. It was reflect. Reflect. There we go. And you know, at this time of the year, um, I think we pay um, special attention to what's more attention to what's going on around us than, it, than we do at normal times, or at least I do, because I love Christmas. But I was thinking about my capacity to love comes from him the right kind of love so when I start thinking about things even my not headed brothers I feel love for them but something that God gives us the gift of loving and it started with Jesus giving us the gift and so as I'm talking this morning think about reflect back on what the gift is that God gave to you because I remember when I got saved it wasn't I didn't come to church and uh, accept Jesus Christ I didn't come to church and do that he there was a long process of what I went through in order for him to make himself real to me so that I would reach out and receive that gift and it was through a series of a really bad sickness with my husband and so I was thinking about that gift and thinking about how all these times, what would happen if God wasn't continually giving to me, gifting to me all the time? And so he gave me my family. And recently, not recently, but a couple of years ago, you know, I almost died. He gave me my life back. You know, he didn't take me on, gave me more time here on this earth. But for one reason, I don't even know why I'm saying this this morning, but I think that as I was watching my little girls up here singing, one of the greatest gifts that he ever gave me was when Julie let me hold them and they put them in my hands. I didn't birth them, so I didn't grow to love them here, but it was an instant love, a gift from God when he placed those little grandkids in my hands. I don't know, I'm just super emotional. But anyway, right now, just think about what God has gifted you, what you would not have if it had not been for Jesus Christ. And remember, it's not just your salvation. Think beyond that. Think beyond it and think, what has he gifted me? What would I not have if he hadn't kept on giving me gifts? Not This isn't his birthday. But we, you know, this time of the season, we say is his birthday. But he's given us gifts more, way more, way more than we've ever given him. And I, what would you, what would he want us to give back to him? What would be the thing that you, he would want us to give to them, him, as a gift? Us, ourselves, our lives, give them to him. And so, as we press forward with this. That might not made a lick of sense to anybody in this building, but who cares? It's Christmas, right? Who cares? You can just go home and say that lady's a ding-dong, but that's okay. I'm a ding-dong. I'll just admit it up front. 
you know, I was thinking about saying something, and I was going to say, God gift me, gifted me my husband, but then I was going to tell you my dad paid him to marry me, and then I had to ask, and then I had to ask him to marry me. I honestly did. We sat down to eat one time, and I said, just when are you going to marry me? And he said, I don't know. And I said, how about Christmas? How about if we get me a ring for Christmas? And then, so that's how I asked him to marry me. So God gifted me a man with a big sense of humor. All right, Lord, we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come to the house of the Lord this morning and to have this time to, you know, like Julie said, just to spend time with our church family. I won't even say our church family. You, We are family. And I love spending time with our family, Lord. And God, we just thank you for this. We thank you for our health. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the joy that we feel in our heart. We thank you, Father, for the love that we have in our heart. Father, we love even when it doesn't seem possible to love. We just keep on loving, and that's because of you, Father. Lord, we, we get slapped down, but we get right back up because we love. And Lord, we learned that love from our Father that perfect love. And Lord, we just give you the praise and the honor and glory for it all. And Lord, we just bless the rest of the service, Lord. And, and Father, we pray that we just leave, leave here this morning just with a, an extra joy in our heart, Father. Shelly, could we show some love to this awesome crew up here? Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. You can be seated if you like. Unless you want to just stay up here. I'm sure you don't. Well, it's really good to see you here this morning. Um, we have a few different uh, uh, things that are a little bit different than, uh, than a normal service, uh, not having children's church, not having nursery, um, and kind of abbreviating the service. Um, I, I think that anybody that, that, that came that still has the tradition of opening presents on Christmas morning instead of Christmas Eve, I think our family growing up was always Christmas Eve, I believe. And uh, is that right? We're, oh, yeah, there you are. After we cleaned all the dishes, did all the chores milked the cows and all the stuff we didn't have cows to milk but uh after we did all the chores such leverage we have as parents in this moment and to go home and get the house cleaned and all the stuff um yeah it's good uh so under 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 a threat of of my life which i value we are abbreviating the service so so uh so it's going to be a little maybe a little bit shorter than normal but uh and uh that'd be good um i uh I heard that Nikisha brought some donuts this morning. We weren't even going to have donuts because Kroger was closed. And so, Nikisha, thank you. I don't know if there's any more down there still or not, but uh, there are? Okay. Well, guys, please make sure we don't have to take those home with us because that's usually what has to happen. And then it's, we don't even have youth tonight, so it's, uh, that's, that's not a good mix. So, um, all right. So before I get into this, uh, this brief message, I had it on my heart to uh, have uh, Johnny... Uh, read the Christmas uh, a Christmas story to the children, and uh, and I don't know why he didn't ask me. He was actually trying to pass it off to someone else, 
And, uh, and, and I talked to Julie about it, and she said, you know, that's crazy. I had the same thought myself. And she's like, I didn't know if it was just because it's my dad or not. And it's like, well, I, I didn't have any kind of reason for it other than it just it was something I felt God put on my heart. So um, I'm going to have Johnny come up. And what I kind of envision is maybe the uh, children gathering around him. And Johnny, I don't know if you want to just maybe come and sit right here and read. Is that okay for you? And yeah. Maybe we have to kick Shelly from the front row and have the kids come up and sit. Uh, any other kids are, if that are willing to come up? And uh, Jimmy, you know you want to. You know you want to. Come on. And nobody else. None of these awesome kids. Barely even kids. Oh, that's what's up. Thank you, Buck. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, Azzy. Come on. Azzy, come on. Come on. All right. Do you guys want to come on up? You want to come? No, Grace? No? There's an abundance of Grace. Grace, you want to come? Okay, no. All right. Clinton, you want to come up? Come on, buddy. Come on. Lead the way for Jimmy. Uh, (laughs) I'm not having it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, the Christmas story. Oh, his, his is handheld wireless. Yeah, yeah. So it's read by John Coke, and we're going to crank that dude up probably. <laughs> so. so since they got me into this, I'm going to tell, tell one on Julie. <clears throat> With the snow on the ground out here, the, I remember one time when Julie... Um, was two years old and we went to church, just started going to church seriously. <clears throat> and um, I just, for some reason, I just still remember I had to take her out because she's crying. <laughs> and I don't like to get up in front of people and have to take my children out, but she was crying, so I had to get up in front of everybody and walk out to church out back door because we didn't have no nursery back then. And <clears throat> anyway, I still remember her crying at that service that morning. So. <laughs> anyway, I'll get on to the, the real reason we're here. <clears throat> so I don't know if I'm cold or just shaken, so don't pay no mind. <clears throat> there, was, there was a girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. <clears throat> Joseph was a great, great great-grandson of King David. One morning, this girl was minding her own business, and suddenly, a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. And when she saw him, tall, shining, standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God, very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary, Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes were filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He is the one. He is the rescuer. 
God who flung the planets into space and kept them whirling around and around, the God who made the universe with his words, the one who could do anything, was making himself small and come down as a baby. Wait, God, was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it was too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beat hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. <clears throat> sure enough, it was just a angel had said, Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem to the town of King, where the town of King David was from. <clears throat> but when he reached the little town, they found every room was full. Every bed was taken. <clears throat> Go away, the innkeeper told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would you stay? Soon Mary's baby would come, and they could find anywhere except the old Tublin stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed. To keep him warm, they made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle. And they gazed and wondered at God's great gift wrapped him in swallowing clothes, lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God has come to live with us because, of course, he had. So that's the story of this great morning. And Thank you, Johnny. Two things I'll remember, that story and that Aaron hates Kleenexes. <laughs> What's the problem with Kleenexes, bro? <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. We had the sound effects and everything. That's probably what it sounded like when Jesus was born. So it's perfect. It's perfect. It's just fine. So this morning, what I want to do is uh, share uh, just a brief, brief message of um, what, what I felt God was speaking to us. You know, like in, in the Christmas message or in, in any kind of context of of the stories that we read, we kind of, kind of, kind of get an idea of what the story is. But I wonder sometimes what what it is that is God's voice in the midst of what He says in His Word. So, like, what is God saying through? You know, whether it's the Christmas story or um, you know the resurrection at, at Easter or whatever it is, what is He speaking to us? And I do believe that God has a word for us as a church this morning. I want to pray over this and then dive in and. Um, and like I said, under threat of my life, uh, make it brief. So 
There's no threat on my life, actually, but none, none, none verbalized anyway. So, Father, thank you for opportunity to gather together. Thank you, Lord, for, um, God, thank you for a place together. Lord, thank you for uh, just getting together here at uh, Broken Love Heal. Thank you, Father, for uh, how you just, just provide for us in such just amazing ways. God, I thank you for the, uh, the, the warming shelter and, uh, and grace uh, community uh, opening their doors to that and, and what they're uh, even how they're serving those guests this morning and, and God, how you provide for us. You give us things, sometimes stuff that we're not as excited about. But Lord, you know what we need. And God, I thank you that you're a good father and that you give us exactly what we need, how we need it, when we need it. Lord, you give it to us. Father, I pray that you would bless this word and, um, and help us to hear what you're speaking to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. And, all right, so, so I have um, this message. What I, what I felt impressed to share about was uh, th- this gift of process. So the gift of process. Um, I don't have any. There we go. There it is. The gift of process. Um, you guys may not know how, how talented I am at making slides, you know, but each week you're probably like, wow, who does those slides? It's just amazing. And if there's anything to criticize, then probably that week Julie did the slides. So, no, no, I, I just throwing these together because I think it's important that we get it locked in and I'm very visual. Um, the gift of process I believe that we are in the midst right now of process as a church, and, um, and process for us can look different than process for others. God does a lot of similar things in the middle of uh, uh, whatever we're going through, and, uh, and a lot of times what we see is that there are processes that he is, He's walking us through, and a process is a gift uh, from God, I believe, because God does so much within the midst of those processes that He brings us through. Uh, for instance, um, we were looking as a church to have the uh, warming shelter built by now, and, uh, and it was not for lack of trying. It was not for us just kind of taking a half-hearted approach at it and uh, saying like, well, whatever, it'll get done whenever it gets done. But no, it was actually um, us really trying to do all that we could to have it built by now. And, uh, and so, you know, for, for different reasons, seeing that stuff just not come together and all of that stuff is, you know, what we just have learned to say, well, we'll just put that in God's hands and trust him with his timing. And, uh, and sometimes whenever things don't happen as fast as we want them to happen or don't happen the, the way that we want it to happen, you know, it could be um, very uh, confusing to us, to say the least. And sometimes we can ask questions like, God, where are you? Or why is it happening like this? Or why is the timing not happening at a different timing? And, uh, and all of those things that we could come into our minds with questions. Um, I think in the middle of process, God is doing so much more than we could comprehend. You know, for, like, for looking for a warming shelter, seeing that that wasn't going to get built, Uh, just questioning and asking God you could have had this done in a moment you could have had it done like I mean you could have caused things to fall together in such a way I believe and I'm not call me crazy I believe we could walk out there and see a building built miraculously because God can do that 
and there'd be no explanation and no bill. That would be awesome. No bill that wouldn't cost anything. Um, you know, and all the finishes and all the stuff would be picked out by God, handpicked by him. And that would be amazing. I believe he could do that. Why it hasn't happened in, in the timing that, that I would have expected or that others would have, you know, is a question that, you know, you could probably come up with several different responses to it. But one of the things that I see, the answers that I'm getting right now, uh, especially over these last few days, is the way that the warming shelter this year has come together is the, the product of multiple churches coming together. It's almost forced churches to work together in a way that we have not had to in times past. And I'm not saying that, um, that, that we have to be forced because we've been working together with several other churches already, but this is on a new level that we've not seen before. You know, Grace opening their doors. So if you don't know, like from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m., the, the warming shelter is open at Grace Community Church um, over these next few days up to Wednesday morning. And then, um, then we're going to evaluate cold weather after that. But Grace has been very hospitable. I mean, I tell you guys, they have been, I, they have been so just rolling out the red carpet. I mean, it makes me scratch my head. It makes me wonder if there's a catch. It makes me wonder if, you know, not really, but I mean, like I was shown like, okay, um, from the secretary, Deb, Deb Branch, she said, hey, here is my computer. Um, this is the password and the username and stuff to it. If you need to get on there, you're more than welcome to use it. And I'm like, Deb, it's a PC. I don't want anything to do with it. I didn't tell her that, but you know, that's what I was thinking. No, no, I don't know really what to do on a PC so much, and I wouldn't even have much use for it. But the fact that she offered was just like, wow, because I could get on there and change their church records, and I could sabotage them, you know, <laughs> put viruses on there and all that stuff. Um, and that, I'm, you know, joking, but like, um, that, uh, you know, like having access to like every square inch of their building, if we wanted it, you know, I mean, just, and who does that without supervision, you know, who does that, you know, and, um, gave Brian the, the keys to the place, gave Brian the code to their security alarm. I don't even trust him like that. You know, I would, <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, just like really just seeing that come together like that. And then you have the other, another church, what is it? Christ love family church, um, down on South 26, across from the park, doing a daytime warming shelter that they've opened up from 8 AM to 8 PM. So like all 24 hours are covered. And it's like, this is beautiful, man. To see the churches come together like that is just like, wow. And then you have these other churches um, that, that, you know, support in different ways, whether it's donations uh, monetarily or um, needed items. Like the first day, I think there was enough food that was brought for the whole time that we, we slotted to do this. And then you have other people saying, hey, I'm going to bring dinner tonight. And you hang up and then somebody says, hey, I'm going to bring dinner tonight. And they hang up and, and I think there was three different people going to bring dinner one night. And it's like, okay, well, we're going to have to put this in the refrigerator and, you know, all that stuff. And then they kind of learned of the plans that every one of them had. So then they staggered. I mean, like really. And, and, and Deb, you know, in her office at a certain location. I'm not telling you guys. I, apparently I don't trust you either. But uh, she, she said, 
if there's a, um, an offering, a donation that, you know, is given, I don't know who that's from, whether it's somebody in the community or somebody from their church or what, but it's just, you know, like the outpouring of that. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it's not surprising, but, you know, to see the, uh, the support and all of that stuff. But what is neat to see that has happened this year that hasn't happened before is that like a more, like, like a, a, a deeper level, I guess, of working together with other churches. And, uh, and I really believe that that is a setup by, by God. And so process, you know, like whenever we're wondering like, okay, this isn't coming together like I thought that it would. I think God has a lot better things in store for us than we could ever comprehend whenever it doesn't work out the way we think that it should have worked out. And so, um, so the gift of process, this is a, a, a saying, uh, something that I, I really feel like God gave me this past week. And uh, I was actually driving whenever um, I had to, had to get to a place to where I could write this down, but I want to share it with you. Process is necessary to give birth to something worth having. Process is, is necessary to give birth to something that's worth having. Whenever you talk about the birth of Jesus Christ, there was quite the process that they went through. It wasn't just like Mary checked in at SSM and had a baby with an epidural and, you know, and then had a steak the next day, you know. And I believe as a church, we're in the middle of a process of giving birth to something that I believe is going to impact our region in a way that's needed and also in a way that truly changes lives. You know, the, the, the guests that we've seen so far at the warming shelter over at Grace, it's just, I, I, know, I know that we were, cha- we were saving lives. I know that. I know that whenever I was out in the cold on Thursday night, going around picking people up and trying to convince some to come and there were others that didn't want to come which was like mind-boggling to me but uh, they had some sources of heat but it wasn't a great setup there were three people that were in a tent and the wind was blowing hard and it was like below freezing and then wind chill was even less than, than than the temperature and i mean it was blowing pretty good and then uh and there was another person staying in an abandoned trailer that looked like that she was just covered in soot and uh, just, I mean, staying warm somehow, but it's like, it's not warm to me, you know. And, and you know, you see, and, and th- those were four that didn't want to come in, but we had, you know, um, we've since had several others. But when I think about what they're enduring and the need, I mean, I don't have to be convinced that it's, a certain, it's, it's certainly a need. And the process of us getting from where we are now to where we're going I believe God is accomplishing a lot within that. And um, I did go back, by the way, that next day and uh, that next morning and check on the lady in the trailer and the others in the tent. And I was able to convince one of them in the tent to come into the warming shelter and the others didn't. So, but that's okay. Um, they survived. And, um, and that was a genuine concern. I really wondered if we'd wake up to them being dead, you know, that next morning. And so... Um, Anytime that you want to give birth to something great, it's going to require some things. Um, it's going to require multiple things if you want to give birth. If, if you want to uh, do something great, if you want to do something that's going to make an impact in this life, in this world, it's going to require some things. One thing it will require is that you're going to look crazy. It'll require looking crazy. 
Um, the story of Jesus' birth in Matthew chapter 1 says, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, and before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. So she became pregnant without even knowing Joseph in that way. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So he didn't believe like what had happened was true. He was actually going to divorce Mary and he was going to do it quietly. He's going to do it kind of like, you know, hush, hush. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Could you imagine Joseph going around to his buddies? I mean, put yourself in this story today. Joseph going around, having to convince his buddies, oh, she's pregnant, but it's the Holy Spirit. Somebody sent a, uh, a meme to me, and I, I thought it was kind of funny. Maybe it could be offensive, but you had like this beautiful scenery of Mary, Joseph, and, and little baby Jesus in a manger, and then like photoshopped into the front of that was Maury Povic holding a card, you know? And you are not the father, you know, like... like put, the, put yourself in that. I mean, like... That you, you'd have to look crazy to be Joseph convincing other people, trying to tell them, no, 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 no. I know it's not mine, but it's not any other man's. It's the Holy Spirit's. So the angel tells him, she'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, what the, pro- what the Lord had said through the prophet, that the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, took Mary home to be his wife. So if you're going to do something great for God, you're going to at least be faced with the opportunity. I don't know if there's anything that's really great that you're going to do without looking crazy. I mean, I was trying to think about it. Maybe there's some good things you can do that don't look too crazy. But if you're going to do something great, if you're going to do some, if you're going to do the impossible, you have to understand that part of the cost of that is looking crazy. Also, we see in the next verse, if you're going to give birth to something great, it's going to require sacrifice. Sacrifice. Verse 25 says of Joseph, but he, Joseph, had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and she gave him the name Jesus. So here he is with his brand new wife, his brand new bride. They go on the honeymoon and all they do is watch TV because he's not going to have union with her. And, and so there's a sacrifice there. Now, whether this was instructed of the Lord or it was just a conviction that Joseph carried himself, there was a sacrifice there. And I, and I believe the sacrifice is really common if we're going to do something that's great, something that's impossible for God. In chapter 2, we go on, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. 
When he, when he had called together all the pre- people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked, he asked them where the Christ was born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. And there's a prophecy there. And then verse 7, it says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Verse 8, He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. But we know as we read the story and we get into the, what's really happening here, what did Herod want to do? He didn't want to go worship the child. He wanted to go kill the child. Which is just a, like insight into what happens during our process. So that we're giving ourselves to the process, whatever process God has you in. If you're going to do something great for God and you're going to go through that process, it's also going to require not just that you look crazy, not just that you are willing to sacrifice some things, but also that you're going to face some opposition. It is absolutely part of going through process. But I believe that God is... uh, I want to say this in a way where it's like, yeah, 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 but it's like, well, yeah. Not in a familiar way, but in a way that God would just rattle our thinking. God is able to overcome any opposition, any obstacle that we face. I think of some of the different ones that have the dreams that God's put on our hearts, you know, and, and, and just some of the things that people feel called to do here in this room. And it's like, yeah, just no, opposition will be a part of that. Opposition is not something that it's like, ooh, I didn't see that coming. You're going to do something great for God and the devil's just going to kick back in a lazy boy and let you do it? Probably not. And that opposition can come externally and internally. Okay? Externally, you know, like from outside sources, other people in your life. Um, believers, non-believers, all alike. All of that. Internally, the opposition could come in our own minds, in our own hearts. You know when people say, well, he has a really good heart. <laughs> no, he doesn't. It doesn't matter. The heart is wickedly deceitful, okay? Now, God can do some good things with the heart. He can cultivate things in us, but I don't trust my heart. I don't trust somebody's heart. I trust the Holy Spirit. I trust the Word of God, you know, and they lead us to all, all truth. The Holy Spirit will. Opposition can come from the internal parts in the sense that like if we justify in our minds, if we justify in our heads, like no, I was hurt by that person and I'm offended and you're going to carry offense or unforgiveness towards somebody. That's internal opposition. And the enemy will play on that. Man, he will play on that. Do you think that during the transition and during all of the stuff that we've been going through as a church that there's not been any opposition? I mean, there has been. This is is what I think about with the shelter, man. I think if we could just duplicate this shelter in different strategic places or just any place that would be willing to do it all throughout the nation, I really have a dream for that. And, And we almost got it done in Louisville. I almost had some people not even talked into it they called me and I was like oh man yes this would be awesome and uh, and then I think about some of the stuff that's fallen in place like God is like really I, mean, I believe gifted us with Brian the heart the calling and the uh, destiny he's called to 
and, uh, and that helps out so much. The opposition that we faced, though, going through a lot of that stuff, like initially, and I don't mean this right now, but initially with the city, there was some opposition there. And, and not that they were trying to be out to get us, but they were just doing what they were supposed to do and watching out for the good of the community and everything. And now it's just a great working relationship. But they didn't know how crazy we were. We didn't know how crazy we were. Um, that's dangerous, you know. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows how crazy we are or willing to be. And, and you know, it's, it's one of the oppositions that I've seen whenever people talk about raising up that kind of a ministry. It happened over in Alton, and, uh, and there was some opposition, but they've continued with it, and now they have the support of city leaders. And it's like I was just talking to uh, the gentleman over there that um, raised up a shelter. I think it was the year after we did ours, or right, maybe that same year. And uh, just a, a friend in ministry over there that's kind of doing some similar things. And I just think, that's God, man. That's God. That's God. And, and then I think on, you know, other opposition, whatever, you know, um, angle it comes from, it's just part of it. You know, like Jesus was born, and as soon as he was born, there was like a hit put out on his life. Do you know how threatening a baby is? <laughs> well, if that baby's hungry, maybe it's very threatening. But like how threatening a baby is to a king? Herod, he put a hit out on Jesus. And so there was definite opposition. If you're ever going to do something great for God, if you're going to give birth to something great, there will be opposition. Certainly opposition. So it goes on. Verse 9 says, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, the Magi did, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And so they were warned and they went a different way home. Then it says, when they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Verse 14 says, So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt. So they go to Egypt, and where were they from? Not Egypt. They weren't from Egypt. So giving birth to something great, will cost us. It'll cost us looking crazy. It'll cost us laying down some sacrifices, putting some stuff down. It'll cost us facing opposition, but God is greater. Uh, I mean, we're on the winning side. And it's also going to cost us in the sense that it will lead us into uncharted territory. Unknowns. There will be variables that are like unforeseen. Things that it's like, okay, well, I didn't know what it would be like to be in this chapter of my life I didn't know what it was going to cost and I really believe like like say for us for like year one of the shelter we said yes out of ignorance we didn't know that wasn't a step of faith for us it was more like yeah sure we didn't know year two was when the faith came came year two when you said yes again that's what required the faith but like there's these unknowns and I you know I look out over our church and I say like to myself Man, I just would love to see like there be a, a hundred people, two hundred people, 
You know, and to really see the church like growing and booming and, and all of those things that you have dreams for and visions and you want to see an impact that's made. But I feel like God was saying to me just recently like, hey, look at the impact I make with a small church so whenever this would get replicated or duplicated, if it ever does, you know, in some other church in whatever setting, the excuse couldn't be put out there, well, our church is too small. It's like, are you kidding me? We started with $3,000 in the bank and maybe like 50 people or less. And it's like God could do anything. He can do it. Here they are in Egypt and it's uncharted territory for them. Unknown, uncertain. And, and, and one of the very reasons, one of the very reasons that we don't do some of the things we feel God's called us to do is because, well, I just don't know what it would be like. One person said for, for me, I, mean, we, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to the end of my life and I'm definitely not going to have regrets for the things we didn't do, but I might have regrets for things not working out. I don't know. We're not there yet. I don't think so. I think I, I, God has shown me some things, man. Have you seen in the newspaper like one of the things that we're asking for? with some uh, ARPA funds is $300,000. I believe there's a good chance for that. Do you know how much that would help out with nailing some boards together out there? Oh, that would go a long way. But whether God grants in that way or He grants in some other way, you know, there we go, that Jericho march. Get it, girl. What? <laughs> Everybody in the room enjoys it more than the mother. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, it's so cute. <laughs> I got a present for you when we get home. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to deprive Ryan on his birthday of that gift? <laughs> These things, though, guys, I see it, man. I see it. I don't think that I'm going to get to the end of my life and regret the things that we didn't try or the risks that we didn't take. I hope not. I really hope not. As of right now, I hope not. As of right now, I don't think we will. But I believe that we're going to see some testimonies coming in in the next few weeks. And not, not just from the warming center stuff, but I believe of God's provision and the advancement of some things. But man, I know that we got to run the risk. Be willing to look crazy got to be willing to sacrifice and lay down some things and the opposition is certainly you know uh, present and it requires that we go into uncharted territory but i think the payoff on the other side of that is exactly what god wants to do i believe he wants to make an impact through a church in a region that will forever change lives and really change them not just you know um like well, what would it matter if we were a church of 100 or 200 or 2,000, what would that matter if we weren't making an impact? Like, you know, you think about it, like it's just, there's, there's, there's no appeal in that. Um, like, what's the point of it? And I believe that God is calling us to that and he's showing me, you know, uh, some of this stuff and he's certainly working in our lives and our hearts and this as a church. And I look out and I think, what in the world are you guys doing here? Because there can be some opposition that we face, you know, um, along the way. When you go through process, God is working and he's like, turns up the heat 
and then it causes those impurities to rise up and God wants to ladle that stuff out of us and God help us. Help us. Help me, you know, like whenever things aren't going right, whenever things aren't working in the time frame that I want it to work in, I mean, that causes that stuff to rise up. Do I really trust God in His timing? Do I really trust God in His ways? I believe without a doubt that God called us to uh, disaffiliate from the denomination that we were a part of. But there was a minister who said to me, he said, you know, that's scary. He said, because now you're out there all on your own as an independent church. And so it's kind of like sink or swim. And I was like, yeah, but you know, that's really like Peter. Peter was out walking on the water with Jesus and it was sink or swim for him too. And he got to experience the, like, yeah, he fell, but man, you know what? He also got to experience walking on the water with Jesus and Jesus saved him. He was in good hands. It was just fine. And man, I just, I really just swing for the fences, man. Swing for the fences. Don't be afraid of the process. Don't be afraid of what, you know, it might cost you or re- be required of you. Because uh, in the end, man, it's, it's worth it. I believe that I will get to write a chapter in my book one day that's not yet written that, uh, that, that the final chapter will say it was worth it. Man. I can't wait to get to that chapter in my life. But, but, but I believe, man, I believe it. I believe it. And um, I would be crazy not to, but uh, and it's just, it's humbling, man, to see a church family that like comes alongside and believes it with you. It's like, <laughs> that's what I think is crazy. <laughs> God, God certainly knows what he's doing. He certainly does, and he gifts us with things. One of the gifts that he gives us is a gift to suffer. There's a scripture that says that. I wish I would have looked that up and had it ready for us. There's a gift. I'm gifting, giving you the gift to suffer. Because you know what happens in the midst of suffering? The sweetest fellowship that you could ever have with one another or with Jesus. Because it says, you know, I want to know Christ. I really want to know him. Not just to go to church and not just to, you know, go through the motions of Christianity, but I really want to know Jesus. I want to know him. I want to fellowship with him. It says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and to fellowship with him in his suffering. And not not the doomsday preaching and not the, you know, um, poverty gospel or the prosperity gospel but there is a part of it that we walk through in this life that sometimes there's suffering and in that suffering this fellowship is so sweet and man some of the strongest bonds that i have with uh, people in this life that i'm friends with are ones that i've got to suffer with I think that going through basic training, you know, that's not like a vacation, but you go through that suffering with others and it's like, well, those are bonds that you remember those forever, you know, you go through suffering and you like to experience the loss of somebody, you know, and uh, somebody that you love and you go through that with your family or with friends and it's like that suffering really has a way of bonding you together and, um, and I, I believe that there is an element of that happening in our church even now you know, that we're going through this season that could be difficult. But man, there is something that God is doing in this process that is a gift to us. It's a gift. And you get on the other side and it's like, 
there would be no thought of, well, I wonder if Miss Beverly will be here next week. You know? <laughs> it's like, no, she endured. She's not going anywhere unless God calls. And God uh, calls her to go do some traveling evangelistic ministry or something. <laughs> Whatever it would be. But it's, all, it's a gift, man. It's a gift. He gives it to us. And so, and, and the suffering is not suffering like the world suffers. But suffering is sweet in the fellowship with Christ. And so, um, that's, that's it for my message. I, 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 I think that what I would like to do is uh, pray over us. And uh, when I send us out, Tiffany, you can go ahead and come to uh, open up presents or eat breakfast or <laughs> whatever you have planned to do. Those are basically our two plans. So, <laughs> um, to eat breakfast and to presents. But uh, if anybody needs prayer this morning, um, whatever it would be, whether healing, physical healing, healing emotionally, uh, healing for somebody else, you want to stand in the gap, I would like to encourage you to, uh, to come up and, and get prayer and uh, to not leave this place the, the same. And uh, to just know that, uh, that, you know, whenever things aren't going the way that you might think or hope it to go, it's like God is so much bigger than that. He is so, you could look out in the face of that opposition and you could say, you know what? My God is bigger. My God is greater. And whatever that opposition is, family, finances, stuff at work, stuff in your marriage, stuff at home, whatever it would be, man, God, you look it in the face and you just, oh, my God is greater. My God is greater. In the midst of a time without any kind of hope, Jesus came and God gave him and he gave him for us to have as a savior, as a redeemer, as a restorer. He gave him as a healer. He gave him as the perfect gift for us and whatever we need, man, he is everything that meets that need. So, Father, thank you for opportunity together together today on this special day and Christmas as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for coming. And the world didn't see it coming. The world didn't expect it to be a baby. But you came and you conquered and you paved the way for us to have relationship with the Father and to know and to, to, to know on a level that is just great on top of the mountains. It's great in the valleys. It's great the fellowship that we get to share with you. Father, with an eager anticipation, we just face this, this season and this, this, this time in our life, our church's life, and in each one of our lives. Lord, whatever we face, whether we're on the mountain or in a valley, God, we can base it with our heads held high and with confidence that, you know what? <laughs> My God is good, and He is able. He's more than enough, and You've proven that. You've proven that. And you were willing to face opposition for us. You were willing to come through things and show us the example of what it would cost us to follow You with the sacrifices and looking crazy and and and, and having to lay some things down and all those things that were the cost and. Jesus, you emptied yourself of everything but love and you poured yourself out for us. 
Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you, Lord, that you're more than enough. How we love you. How we celebrate the birth of our Savior. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming. Father, we love you. We pray, Lord, have your way in us. Have your way through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. If anybody wants prayer or needs prayer, please come up. And uh, there might be a special guest in the back that uh, you may want to avoid. You may want to punch it in the stomach. You might want to whatever. You guys are all looking yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm just saying it might motivate you to come to the altar. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There we go. The snowballs. All right. If anybody needs prayer, come up. (laughs) This is the (laughs) altar. up guys if not be blessed god bless you enjoy the rest of this day and merry christmas angie by the way angie by the way is wore that as a as a an evangelistic tool at the nursing home and got to pray for the the the, the people there and it's pretty cool what how god uses her Love you guys. God bless you. Merry Christmas again.